Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of FanDrag Sports Premier League Podcast. I'm Sebastian Noren, with me is Polly Quistel, and back from the jungle, Elliot <laughs> Niblock. Yeah, I survived. Huzzah. Yeah. How was Zika? <laughs> no, I, did. I got thrown up against the rocks while snorkeling and I have swimmer's ear for like the last 10 days, but otherwise I'm fine. Uh, what's worse, swimmer's ear or tennis elbow? Ooh, I don't know. That one's kind of general. Yeah, although actually, cross between the two, Swimmer's Ear has given me tinnitus, which is almost an anagram for tennis elbow, so there we go. Mm, Is it a conspiracy? I don't think so. Might be so. Well, we haven't talked much Arsenal when you've been gone, so I figured, hey, let's talk some Arsenal, because there's some stuff happening. So you know what I'm really annoyed about? I had so much. There was like one week where I had so many Arsenal zingers ready to go, and I forgot them. Yeah. But there's plenty more to go when you scored yet another offside goal against Burnley to win it. Yes. So Arsenal. Oh, that doesn't. No, no. What? What? It was a penalty. Okay. And it shouldn't have happened because you were offsides and Laurent Koscielny should not be sticking his face where people's feet are. Oh, my gosh. No, that's ridiculous. It's like. <laughs> that was. No, no, absolutely not. Because he didn't score the goal from open play. Like, it, whether or not a player is offside. The play should have been blown dead as soon as Loren Koscielny put his, any part of his body near where the ball is, let alone his face where the guy's foot no. was. No, absolutely not. Because it doesn't matter. Like, he could be a mile offside. It doesn't matter. Dangerous play is dangerous play. And if it's in it the was, box, then that's a penalty. It's only a dangerous play because you stuck your foot, you stuck your face near where the guy's foot was. Where the ball was. I I think that's, yeah, that is a penalty. As soon as your body time. comes near the ball, boom, flags up. Flags up. <laughs> Nope, uh, flags I'm, up. I'm nope, glad nope. that I'm like, after being gone for two episodes, it took us maybe 95 seconds in order to get into it. If about that's Arsenal. so much resentment <laughs> built up, you don't understand. If that, if that, uh, yeah. So like every, everything, look, the last yes. three shows were just me and Seb with us agreeing on everything. Mm, <laughs> mostly. Yeah. So Arsenal pull out late win over Burnley, uh, two to one. Um, you know what the most disappointing part about this was? What? The entire game, I'm sitting there watching it, like, like trying to fire off a joke, like, uh, to, like, my Arsenal fan friends being like, yo, Burnley's a terrible away team, and you're sitting here, like, and you can't break them down. You can't even break them down. And I'm sitting there going, except for the fact that we didn't score against Burnley at home. So <laughs> That is true. That is true. Mustafi got that one goal. That one away point that they have is yep. at Old Trafford. Yes, that's scoreless draw at Old Trafford. Good job, Jose. Yeah, it looked like they were going to get at least one more point as Gray tied things up. That was already in stoppage time on yeah, a penalty. Yeah, so no. There was an absurd amount of stoppage time in this game. No, yeah, it was like the seven when seven mean, minutes the, went up, I thought the, that was absurd. Game if it weren't for that amount of stoppage time. Well, and at the least, fact that they should have called Koscielny offside. Yeah. yeah, well, they should have done that twice. At Turf Moor, they also should have blown the play dead when he used his hand to throw the ball into the net. So, what I was gonna get to was Arsene Wenger getting charged with misconduct by the FA after yeah. getting set off and then pushing the fourth official. I didn't see the push. I just saw Wenger like in the tunnel, like complaining, and I was like, "Oh my god, what did I just miss? What oh, happened?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, he pushed the fourth official a couple of times. Oh, he only really pushed him once. Meh. All right, wait, no. Let me defend Wenger here. Okay. Oh, wow. Holy God. Go ahead. 
what's the fourth official there for if not to get pushed? <laughs> he's, like, he's like the That's offensive lineman for the referee. Yeah. Fourth official has how many jobs? You, you hold the board up for substitutions. You hold the board up for a time. You get yelled at by the managers for the the other for the decisions that the other ref is yes. making, yeah. and yeah. and you get shoved if they need yeah. to shove somebody because you can't uh-huh. shove water bottles. So <laughs> you get you shove the fourth official. Yeah, the fourth official is really like the rodeo clown of officials. He's the punching bag. <laughs> yeah. So not only did he allegedly use abusive language towards the fourth official, he then pushes him as well. So again. What's he there for? Yeah. Well, Wenger said, I regret everything. I should have shut up, gone in, and go home. I apologize for that. Yeah, which is rare for him because usually he finds a way to be like, oh, well, I d- well did you see? for me, it's a terrible decision. I threw my I arm out there and the fourth official just happened to be at the end of it. Yeah. Kind of like Kashani, like, oh, I put my face there and his foot happened to be yeah. there. No, but I mean, I understand that he was upset with the late penalty for Burnley. It looked like they were going to drop points. It's... You know, it's tough since we saw a couple, yeah, but, couple right, of teams was, at the top drop points and you were like, okay, was, well, Arsenal too. That was a legitimate penalty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, the only the only call that I really had – well, actually, I think there should have been an earlier penalty on, for Mustafi, but the, the sending oh, yeah, off for Xhaka was, was a little harsh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the sending off for Xhaka was a little harsh. but Dirtiest player know. in the top leagues. In Europe. That's true. No, that's true. No, it's true. He, like, it's fact. Where did he come from? He came from Germany, where he's been sent off like a million times. Yeah, yeah. Dirty player. I uh, no, I don't know about that. I think he's just <laughs> he's just naive. <laughs> no, all right. Here's here's the thing about about the Jaka thing. He lunged with two feet. Mm-hmm. That's and, a no no. And the rules are the rules like soccer rules state expressively, like any player. And then the, the little asterisk, unless you're named Marcos Rojo, mm-hmm. that lunges with two feet, you get a red card. Having said that, I don't think his two-footed lunge made any contact. No. That's, I mean, that, th- that's the thing for me. And there, I think so- he went in with two feet. He didn't make any contact. And then all of a sudden it was like – and then shortly after that, like on the follow-through, he kind of clipped the guy. And the Burnley player kind of knowing – Oh, he came in with two feet, made the most out of it, and kudos to him for doing that mm-hmm. because we saw what happened if you don't make the most out of something in a different game. Yes. And he went down and you, and he draws the red because it looked bad. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's still yeah. a dangerous play, but yeah, there was not, you know, contact. Um, but the, I mean, how many times do we see players slide in for a challenge way too late and if they were actually a little bit closer they would have gotten all of the man and then it would have been a red you know like to, to me it's it, it's more or less the same thing but i i, know, I mean like, i i, I admit like, though that paulie you're right that like by the letter of the law it was he jumped in dangerously he just didn't hit anything when he jumped in dangerously so i i still thought it was a little soft but it's, I, it's you know also, it's not like i think it was a criminal decision it's also perception. It's yeah. perception's everything, and what it looks like to the ref at the angle that he's standing at, or just what he looks like. And this, not the same thing at all. But us, you know, in the United game at one point, they played the ball in, and the flag went up offside. You know, nothing happened. Nothing came of it. And I was like, all right, yeah, like you were offsides by a mile. And then the replay came and showed that it was like a very questionable decision. And I was talking to my roommate, and I was like, yeah, but 
I was like, I'm not even remotely upset about that because when when the like when I saw the play live, I was like, oh, you're offside by a mile. Yeah. And well, then it was, you know, so like you know, like it's all perception. Like that that play tur- like the maybe the linesman got it wrong. Turns yeah. out well, like. Turns out on that play, I think Rashford like hit the ball across the face of goal, and nobody was even remotely there to get it, which maybe eases the pain. But at the time that it happened, you know, it it looked very offside. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's almost it's almost just like totally uh, old hat at this point in terms of talking about how nobody really knows what the offside rule is anymore, but. Yeah, it just seems that in every week there's one or two plays where it's like, why, why wasn't that offside? You're like, oh, well, he pl- he played it towards a player who was offside, but only one of the two players who was onside made a move at the ball. Like, mm-hmm. oh, but that other player impacted the play because, you know, he was still in the direction the ball was played, even though he didn't move towards the ball. It's, I mean, it is <laughs> to be too philosophical so this is like, about it, like, but Paul, it's, it's as like you what, said, it's, it's like catching a football at this point. Oh, yeah, what is and what is not a catch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, maybe this is why FIFA, that guy from FIFA, is like, we should abolish the offside rule. Which, like, frankly, you should not be allowed to be associated with FIFA if that's your suggestion. That'd be so bad. Yeah, that would be like. Let's let's rein this in a little. Um, Suggestion for how to improve the world's most popular game that is still not only the most popular but still growing, and you're just like, oh, maybe we should take out the offsides rule. Yeah. What do we think is going to happen with Wenger? Is it just uh, I, a, is it just a fine, or do you think he'll actually have to? Uh... I think it'll be a suspension. I yeah. think that the I don't know. I saw some kind of headline grabber was suggesting six games, which I think is ludicrous. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'll tell you I this: do... manager suspension's not a big deal. Yeah, no, it's really it's really not that big of a deal. And you know, Steve Bold is perfectly capable, but I. Anybody uh, is perfectly capable of reading a text message from Wenger and telling yeah. him what to do. <laughs> yeah. So he has until Thursday to respond to the charges. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's just gonna throw his hands up and say, "Hey, sorry." You know, he already. And I think, he already said he's sorry. So. Yeah, and I think that that's another reason why it's not going to be a huge suspension, even if he misses a game or two, because he's going to totally mea culpa it and. Then we'll move on with our lives. Well, I mean, here's the thing, and we kind of we kind of rushed into just fighting about Arsenal before we could even really bring this up. First of all, almost good thing for Arsenal for actually winning that game because everything and their mother broke Chelsea's way this this week. And if Arsenal didn't win, then the title race that's already over would have been even more over. Yeah, Arsenal (laughs) was one of only two teams in the top six that actually won. Uh, yeah. Chelsea was the other team. They beat Hull two nothing. Uh, scary... Before we can even get yes. there, like we we forgot, we just didn't even jump into the theme of the weekend, which was you know every game had absolutely dreadful refereeing. Mm-hmm. The refereeing in the referee Mark Clattenburg was terrible. Had a terrible game for United Stoke. Uh, Andre Mariner like couldn't have been worse for. Um, for United, for City and Spurs. Um, the Arsenal referee, I didn't think, had a great game. No, he didn't. Uh, the most recent terrible referee, Mike Dean, got banished to the championship to do the Leeds-Barnsley match, because, and which apparently was, quote, not a demotion, unquote, but rather that's a derby, so it was a big game, so they assigned Mike Dean to that game, where apparently 
he called he gave a penalty for a handball that took place outside of the box mm. so <laughs> good job credit to mike dean for despite the fact that he was in the championship he stayed true to who mike dean is yeah so chelsea the other side that won they took a two nothing win over hall scary situation there with ryan mason uh suffered a fractured skull after a clash of heads with gary cahill um he underwent surgery at St. Mary's Hospital in London and is in stable condition. So all are well. So don't read that mirror report. So um... the report in the mirror said that he was fighting for his life. Okay. That, was, that yeah. was not true. Also, of course it did. also like, but here's what we should be talking about is that Gary Cahill stayed in the game and scored a goal. Yeah. Gary are are you? Are you are you are you suggesting that that is ludicrous because he should have been sent off, or just that his head is made of titanium? I'm suggesting that it's ludicrous that we I'm supposed to believe that his head is made of titanium. He should not have been sent off. It was an accident. Okay. Both yeah, of them of went course. up with the ball. Heads collapsed. Yeah. No big deal, except for the fact they both went down immediately, and trainers had to come running onto the field. And Gary K, like it's not like Gary Cahill went down and five seconds later he got up and he was like, oh, like you know, I banged my head and and I'm I'm not okay. It's, Gary Cahill was down for a while compared to Ryan Mason. He wasn't, but yeah. he was down for a while. And then even after the game, Antonio Conte was like, yeah, Gary, like he kind of took a knock in his head and like, he wasn't the same after that. And it's like, well, it's a good oh, thing, you know, okay. yeah, they're, they're, they're taking concussions really seriously. Can't you tell? Yeah. Like <laughs> if you have to tell me that he wasn't the same after taking that knock in his head, then he shouldn't have been on the field. <laughs> no, he was clear. He definitely was concussed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like maybe in that situation, you know, you don't charge them for the self. But like, like if, if the referee deems it, you know, this this situation should be like there should be a doctor or the referee or somebody who says, "I'm sorry, that guy can't continue," and, um, and he gets the coach has to sub him off right away. It just doesn't count as one of your three subs. But this way, you know, it's oh, not the coach. I, no, I, I still I, count. I, no, yeah, why? No, no it doesn't have to count. It doesn't have no, to count because otherwise no. you'd have, otherwise you'd have coaches trying to be like, oh, he has a head injury, and I'm going to make a fourth sub right now. Yeah, no, that that's exactly why it has to count. No, like, no, no, no. It's deemed it it's deemed from an independent party though. No, I the independent I, I, party says that guy can't continue. No, because ah. there's no no that's there, no because if I, a guy bra- really breaks just, his leg, then you still got to use the sub on him. Exactly, exactly. Right, and but otherwise, that's. But okay, but here's the difference. If a guy breaks his leg and you, if you don't want to sub him off, you would say, hey, can you continue? He would be like, coach, I got a broken leg. A guy with a concussion will sit there and go, no, I'm fine and I can keep playing. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I also think that players play injured and aggravate injuries. They do, they all do, the time. but they do, but a concussion doesn't, like, you know, like, aggravating your your hamstring injury isn't necessarily going to have long-term long-term effects on your health the way that a concussion will and players are always going to keep trying to do that so players with concussions should not still be on the field and they are not going to voluntarily come off no yeah, no but I, I i don't think that you can i don't think that you can make an exception for concussions in terms of I substitutions think you can, because because all right so it happened it happened two years ago when United played City at home. They made all three subs, and then Carrick got hurt, and he had to come off, and they played the last seven to ten minutes with ten men. 
because Carrick was like, whatever the injury, it was some injury to his leg, he couldn't keep going. If that was a head injury, I guarantee you he would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like, just, you know, bandage me up and send me back out there. And that's bad for the player. So this way, if you have some, if you have an independent person, the way that the NHL has a spotter, uh, the way that the NFL kind of has someone who kind of pretends to do something, who says, that guy can't play anymore. This way, you know, the team doesn't get punished. Yeah, if it's, if it's up to know. the manager, and I'm not, if it's up to the manager, then late in the game, after like, if two players have their heads collide late in the game, a manager might be like, oh, I'm going to make a tactical sub here and just blame it on the fact that he hit his head. So that shouldn't happen. Yeah, but, but then you can always have players fake it, too. That person can't play yeah. anymore. You should be able to replace him. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, a, I, that's I, a longer discussion. We'll take that into offseason yeah. when we look at changes in the game that we want to make. So, Chelsea sit at the top 55 points. Abolish the offside rule. Chelsea <laughs> went up to second place. They have 47 points. Spurs, they drew 2-2 against Manchester City. They sit in third uh, so let's get into that game. City, they're stuck in fifth. So 2-2. Two, two. They're not stuck there. They're there because the uh, the team across town can't win a game. No. So, Spurs coming back from 2 nothing down. All goals coming in the second half. And we had that situation with Raheem Sterling getting pushed when he's on through on goal. He doesn't go down. He gets the shot off. It's saved. And it should have been a penalty, but it was not given. Yeah. And that's not really the what hurt them. It's the fact that Spurs then went right down the field and scored. Yes. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it's it's a shame, right, but, though, because it like, illustrates that, like, you know, when people say, like Robin Van Persie was famous for saying, I don't dive, I exaggerate fouls. And that's a moment in which, you know, in that split second I think that in the culture of the game, you don't want to encourage players to try to go down first. You want to encourage players to play first, go down second. But it's just manifest that that was a moment of if he goes down, they are awarded a penalty. He doesn't go dra- down. He tries to stay up, tries to play, and then they're not awarded a penalty. And it just it's a shame because it incentivizes players going down more easily, which is one of the things about the game that I just dislike in general. Right, like that, it, that's like the whole thing. Is like, it's like It's like... How do you how do you say oh it's not a penalty because you didn't go down and you stayed up like imagine imagine in basketball if you got fouled but you still take the shot they were like well it's not a foul because you got the shot off yeah like, yeah. At, yeah at that's... least in basketball they're like well you got fouled you made your shot anyway so you but you still get a bonus shot because you got fouled like there has to be something where it's like you know all right you you got the shot off cool that doesn't change the fact that he pushed you like you. He still did something illegal, and and I guess like I guess if you if Raheem Sterling scores there, then the ref could have just been like, all right, but you scored, which is essentially what they do in hockey. You know, the the arm goes up, and if you score, then no penalty is called. Yeah. But yeah, it, that's that's the point exactly. Is is it needs to be on the ref that when a foul happens, it happens. Yeah, and I think that in that one, it's. I don't know. It's similar to just playing an advantage, though, right? And you play the advantage, but then the question is, often when a referee plays an advantage and a team gets a shot on target, then you say, okay, well, the advantage was played, and then you just play on. But in that situation, I think you have to say, okay, he got a shot on target, but it was 
you know, it, it was a half-hearted chance and he was mostly thrown off of the opportunity by the foul. So it's, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen it pulled back in the penalty given, but there's also, you know. I mean, this is the problem. This is like, all right, forget the offside rule thing. This is the problem with the game is what constitutes an advantage and, and what doesn't. And, 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 you know, whether the guy gets fouled or not, like, you know, you didn't call it because he didn't go down and he's still on a breakaway. There have been times where people get fouled, you know, kind of right outside the box and their team still has possession of the ball. So the ref just says, oh, advantage. But like the team doesn't really have an advantage. Like there's nobody open. There's no this, there's no that. They just, they maintain possession. And five seconds later, they lose the ball and the ref's like, well, I played advantage. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. like, no, like there wasn't an advantage to us holding the ball with nine men in the box right there. We would have had the advantage if you just would have given us the free kick. Yeah. That's yeah. what the game needs to figure out. Well, you know, again, I think that what? When do you call the advantage? When do you not? When do you, at what point do you say, well, I played advantage, you know, because sometimes you play the advantage and six, seven seconds later, you call it back because it, it didn't turn out to be an advantage. You know, when, when is it an advantage? When it, when isn't it? How long does that take? Yeah. I don't know. I think as Seb said, these are all rule changes that we can discuss in the off season, but. Yes. Liverpool's poor form continues after two straight draws against Sunderland and Manchester United. They got so how much did you enjoy saying Liverpool's poor form continues? Is that segue? I mean, it it warms (laughs) my heart as much as I enjoyed watching that game. Yeah. So they got punched in the nose by Swansea at home at Anfield. Uh, Swansea grabbing a three, two win. I mean, I mean, it was just astonishing that they went ahead and then they went up with two. Liverpool comes back to nice goals by Firmino and then Swansea finds a way to win it. And well, Tom Carroll was the string puller in this entire game. Tom Carroll and Martin Olsen had a phenomenal first game for Swansea. I mean, they linked up so well for that headed goal by Llorente. Was that the second one or was that the first one? Both of them. It was the first two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just perfect. So good on Swansea that the new guys comes in and they perform right away. Gilfie Sigurdsson, you know, their main man with the winner. But uh, I want to say that Llorente was without a goal away from home this season. And then he got gets two at Anfield. So good on him, too. Yeah. I mean, also, I just... I mean, let's look at Jurgen Klopp here. Where was Joel Mati? Uh, on the bench, yeah. Until there were like three seconds left, you know. And like I guess he came in as a striker. Can't, what? He For came sure? in. He came in as a striker too. Right. Well, he came in with like a minute left. <laughs> yep. Like, I get it. He's not match fit, apparently, because he's missed three games like in the past eight days. So apparently, taking one week off means you're not match fit anymore, um, and he couldn't start, but. They scored to make it 2-2 with 22 minutes to go. That's when he should have came up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the the real player whose lack of match fitness is hanging over this match is uh, Coutinho. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, and Klopp said specifically that he didn't want to have to take him off, but he really had to in order to just protect the player because he's, you know, he's just not fit yet because he hasn't played a full game since November. He also just looks disinterested. You know, like yeah, the last he does. Games. 
He does. And I feel like there's there's a certain leadership quality about this Liverpool team that is really lacking. Because well, in addition well, to that kind of apathy that you just mentioned of Coutinho, I mean, Firmino had a good game, but I remember in his second goal, you know, he like went and did his big celebration and flopped on the ground. And I don't I don't remember which Liverpool teammate of his who like he ran over to him, grabbed his arm, and started pulling him up. He's like, What are you doing? Like yeah. we're still we're still not winning this game. No, exactly. Ooh, get the ball ooh, and get you're going. gonna you're gonna criticize people for celebrating when they hit the equalizer. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Interesting. Interesting that the Arsenal fan is not okay with that. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I mean I mean, yeah, like Unless just, you're scoring I'm, I'm an equalizer in the 95th minute, then then no, you, you know, especially when you're playing a relegation threatened side at, at home. home. Like yeah. the fact that you're struggling to equalize against Swansea is itself already embarrassing. And again, okay, I mean, so I recognize I know many Arsenal players have done that. Players for all different sides have done that. But the That's thing is that. I still think it bespeaks a lack of focus and maturity that is perhaps, you know, maybe endemic to this current Liverpool side and is representative of a larger problem with this team. I think that Klopp himself has the leadership to address that. But it seems to me that, you know, this is a Liverpool team that just needs a little bit more maturity, a little bit more of that leadership. And for all of the young talent that they have, that was a moment that maybe I'm putting too much pressure on, but I still think that it was illustrative of the lack of that. And but the, when you score yes. when you score a late equalizer against a European power like Bournemouth, you it's okay to celebrate. Well, yeah, when you know it's the last kick of the ball. Yep. Sure. Interesting. So, I'm just gonna say interesting. I saw a team score against perennial mid table side Stoke with like two minutes to go in, in injury time and they ran and grabbed the ball right out of the net and lined up and that not only was it an equalizer but like it was a historic borderline goal. was a historical borderline yeah. no and it was also a beautiful goal a far more beautiful one regardless no I mean I but that you're speaking to my point though ain't you I'm just saying it's interesting that you're the one that has an issue with it. Okay. So that Arsenal that an Arsenal fan's gonna go and criticize people for that. Yeah. I will you, say that you this can, is you this can is tell Paul has just been waiting for you to come back, Elliot. Uh, so this is what but this is also just No, let's no, let's yeah, what, let's get back to the game and let's let me read you off of some numbers here. So Liverpool well, before we even get to that, okay. I have a point to make. Mm-hmm. It's about the game. Okay. Go this ahead. is exactly if you are a Liverpool fan and I think we spoke about this a couple weeks ago. This is exactly what you had to be worried about when when we said, can Liverpool survive the month of January when Sadio Mane goes to the African Cup of Nations? Yeah. Because I think yeah. it's painfully obvious that they miss him. Yeah. And Klopp insists they don't, but I think that you're right and he's just... Yeah, you know, when, you, when you it. don't have a Coutinho... Jose Mourinho insists that Marouane Fellaini is a good player, so yeah. when sometimes you don't, it's just manager speak. When you don't have a Coutinho that's in full form, yes, you're going to definitely miss Mane a lot. Uh, Liverpool had almost 74% of possession in this game. Was it, you know, was it almost that playing Swansea is bad for them because they can't really play their game? Playing it, right? I, I maybe a little, but I don't know. That's I don't think that that's an excuse. Yeah, because Swansea. I mean, they did a good job of parking the bus, even though they allowed two. You know, they were stern in defense in the defense, and I mean that that's what you got to do if you're a, a 
team that's on the cusp of you know relegation. With the win, Swansea crawled their way out of relegation. They sit in 17th place now, two points above Crystal Palace and Hull. Um, we should say that Crystal Palace lost one nothing to Everton. Hull, we only spoke about that one. They lost two nothing to Chelsea. Bottom of the table, Sunderland. They lost two nothing to West Brom. So let's get to the United game. 1-1 one, one on the road against Stoke. And Wayne Rooney with the equalizer deep into stoppage time. And he's now the leading goal scorer of all time for Manchester United. Also, yeah. the balls on Wayne Rooney to take that shot. I know. From mm. that, it's funny because I didn't I didn't see this game live. and But, of course, I heard about it. Like, oh, wow, Rooney scored a historic goal in stoppage time. Good for him. And then I was watching the highlights, and I saw him standing over the ball and, like, looking at the time, like, oh, my God, he went for goal from there, didn't he? I didn't think he was going to go for a goal on that. I was like, all right, like, you'll put this in the middle. There's a million people there. We're not going to score. Whatever. And then he, like, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was was something. Yeah, so 250 goals for Rooney. And I – Immediately afterwards, you saw headlines that, you know, oh, you know, Rooney's historic now, blah, blah, blah. Should he leave? Well, I was going to say, like, Mourinho's probably like, oh, it's still January. Now I could sell him. Yeah. Although, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he'll the, be in China by if he next did this Monday. on February 1st. Yeah. That was Cat. <laughs> yeah, that was Pip. Okay. Imagine if he did that February 1st and, and Jose's like, ah, oh, now Wait, I'm stuck with him. What the was the name of the, of the cat? Pep? Pip. Oh. Not Pep. No, it's Pep now. It's Pep now. <laughs> All right. Renamed the cat. He's complaining about how hard life is in the Premier League. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Rooney going to China. I mean, how much do you think United would actually miss Rooney, Pauly? Um, I, I mean, I'm sure he's a fun guy to hang out with on the training pitch and in the clubhouse and stuff. And but he's not a starter his anymore. Wife cooks good dinner. Uh, like I <laughs> miss him. That was quite the, the preface for not very much. Yeah, the guy's a great guy, but like whenever you're watching a game and you're like, we need to make some changes. Wayne Rooney is never the guy. Is never the name that I think of. I'm always like, oh, we should bring in. Martial or bring in Rashford or bring in Mata or this or that. And then and then all of a sudden, like, you see Rooney getting ready to come on. You'd be like, oh, right, like, Rooney's on the bench, meaning Rooney has to play. Yeah. Although Mata, Mata lift, missed a sitter in that game. Mata, he had Mata a very had a poor game. game. Very poor game. Mata had a bad game, but that's okay. Like, you're allowed to have a really bad game when, um, you know, when you're really good. Wayne, you know that right now, currently on the team, Wayne Rooney is at 250 goals. The next highest active player on the team is Juan Mata who has never actually been, like, a first-choice starter in his time at United. And, and how, he's the next highest scorer with 33 goals. He's got 33 goals since he joined the team. Hmm. That's pretty good for a not-striker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see that record getting broken. I don't see it getting broken. I don't see anybody scoring um, 250 goals for, for any club. No. Because if you're... I just have a hard time unless, seeing someone unless, staying at a club for 12 Ronaldo, years. Like, yeah. What? I just have a hard time seeing a player in the Premier League staying with the same team for 12 years. Right, that's exactly my point. Is is yeah. If you're that good, 
no matter what club you play for, you're gonna you're gonna eventually go to like Bayern Munich, not Bayern Munich, but Barcelona, uh, uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid. And if you're that's if you're playing at Chelsea or City or or one of the big clubs. And if you're playing for a lesser club, eventually you're going to go to Chelsea or City or somebody. So yeah. yeah. But I mean, big congrats to Rooney. Uh, too bad that they only got one point out of this game, a game that they dominated. It's so frustrating to see them dominate game after game and not get all three points. And I didn't think they dominated. I thought Stokes sat back and just said, we're going to put 10 men in the box. We're going to let you do things. And, uh, oh, right, you have Fellaini on the field, so you're not really going to get anything done. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but at the same time, it was, even if that is, I can understand how, you know, from y'all's point of view, that's frustrating. It was a rare mistake from De Gea. And, you know, maybe mistake is a strong that word. It wasn't a mistake from like, De Gea. It was a mistake yeah. by Mata. Yeah. David De Gea was not at fault. No. Yeah, but but there are many times at which you say David De Gea is not at fault, but instead you rather you say David De Gea made a spectacular save. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I actually I think that another thing, the last thing I'll say about this game is that for Stauk, Shakiri had a fan. I think he had a fantastic game, um, and I I want to see more of that from him because he's a player who I still am hoping reaches his full potential, and it's getting on towards the time at which you have to question if that's actually ever going to happen or not. Because he's what I think he's twenty seven, twenty. No, he's only he's twenty five. Excuse me. No, he's got more time than I thought then. But, but he's already. But I think he played really well. He's already struggled at two bigger clubs. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, so. so it's there are question marks around him, but I I think that he had a really good game this weekend. Yeah. Speaking of having a bad game though, Hugo Lloris. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. was really bad. Like I texted <laughs> you, I texted you guys after the first goal. I was like, yeah, okay, well that's his one mistake, and then, boom. Yeah. Second one happened. Uh, but United had twenty five shots in this game. Yeah, but they didn't have great. Like you say, we dominated. It's like, oh, like it's dominated. not. It's not like Ibrahimovic was missing chances. He had one chance to like boom the ball into the net with his left foot, and he tried to play it square, which was odd. Yeah. Uh, and that was pretty much that. Juan Mata missed a sitter. Yeah. Oh my god, that, that was such a perfect pass from Slatan too. Yeah. It was. It was okay. It was, it was a beautiful pass. No, and I and 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 Mata had to get it over the guy's leg. So like, I understand why he missed it, but. Yeah, no, it was a perfect pass, and he missed it, and they shouldn't have missed it. But, yeah, like, I just thought still kind of just sat back, and we were like, let's let's boom in crosses because we have Antonio Valencia on the field. And that was what dropped, drove me nuts. It was, it was, hey, let's set up Antonio Valencia to cross the ball in again. Antonio Valencia two weeks ago, or last week against Liverpool, whatever that Zlatan goal was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Liverpool. He picked up – that was his first assist in the Premier League since – the final game of the season at home to Bournemouth last season. No. Or like, listen to the way they talk about him, about how he's this great player who can get forward and he's really adventurous getting forward right back, who can get forward because he has that winger's mentality. The guy booms in 40 crosses a game, can't pick out a, a single teammate ever. Yep, that's All true. Right. Anthony okay. Martial. Yes. Martial let's say, let's had... say goodbye to Elliot first. Bye, Elliot. Bye, Elliot. Um, I mean... Valencia this year has four assists, uh, one in like each competition. He had, I think, he had five assists last season. He, um, 
Anthony Martial last year had 16 assists, and he's not even a winger. He's a striker who's playing out wide. Yep. And you listen to these commentators talk about Ant- uh, Antonio Valencia like he's Kyle Walker or Hector Bellerin. Yeah, and he's it's, not. He's, he's yeah, not. so I mean, far the guy behind. just booms in crosses to no one. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Even when he's sitting there, like, stationary with the ball, like – like when he, not even when he's like running, he does, he does two things either. Like, you know, sometimes he runs in, runs straight down and then eventually booms across in that usually hits the first defender's knee and goes out for a corner. But sometimes it's like, he has the ball right in between his legs. He's not even moving. He has time to pick out his cross and he still can't pick out a teammate. Nope. That's true. I thought it was just weird though. He'd actually crossed two balls in this week with his left foot, which is odd. Yep. More than he's done this whole career. Yes. Uh, moving on. West Ham picked their second straight win. They took a 3-1 win over Middlesbrough. It was the second straight win in the league without Dimitri Payet in the lineup. And the reports today say that uh, West Ham had um, rejected a third bid from uh, Marseille worth around £22.5 million. Pounds. They also signed Jose Font. That was, that's the big move that they made. Yes, they did sign Jose Font. And they're up to 10th place now. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it is good for them that, you know, teams are dropping points everywhere. Not sure that they'll be able to repeat and finish, you know, seventh, eighth again, but, um, yeah, back up to 10th after a horrible, horrible start to the season. Um, but what do you think? We got about, what, a week or so left of the transfer window. Do you think Paye is still going to be a... West Ham player come February? Probably not. I think they'll get it done on deadline day. Yeah, he keeps on training with the under-23s. Um, you know, and Andy Carroll, he's coming out, and he's, again, he's like, you know what? Dimitri Pai will not destroy the team spirit. He will, you know, no one's bigger than the club. And like I said, yeah, bef- like I mean- I said before, I think that you know, if he ends up staying, he's going to have to go and apologize to a lot of his teammates. He will. Uh, I I don't think he I don't think he finishes the season with with West Ham though. Mm, no, probably not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, what else? Um, Gerard Delafeo. Goes to AZ Milan alone from Everton. Did that happen? All I saw was that it happened, and then Everton denied that it happened. No, it's uh, it's done done deal. Oh, all right. Well, good job. It's you know, it's funny. It's it's like when did when did going from like when did AC Milan try to get a player from like from Everton on alone? Like when did that? When did the 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 tunnel turn around? It used to be like Everton could be like, oh, wow, AC Milan's not using this player. Like, maybe we could bring him in on loan because that was a step down. Now going from Everton to AC Milan is taking a step down. I mean, we got that switch. I mean, 12 years ago, this team won the Champions League. Yeah. But, I mean, Italian Italian league has taken such a big step down. Not even 12 years ago. 12 years ago, they lost the Champions League. 10 years ago, they won it. Yeah. They've taken a big, big hit, and I, I don't think that 
you know, Juventus being so dominant that they've been, that's not a good thing for the league, like from a bigger perspective. And then you've had the whole thing with Berlusconi, you know, his funds sort of drying up too. So AC Milan has had a couple yeah, of really rough years. You still have a good league without a dominant team. I mean, Germany is a good league and they have a dominant team. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Lazar Markovic joins Hull City on loan from Liverpool. Um, yeah, Markovic, I mean, he was super promising when they brought him in. Never really gotten any playtime there, though. Yeah, I mean, all right. That's the story, like, you know, chapter, what, 5,000 of, you know, young, promising players go to big clubs and don't work out. Yeah. Right. Fabian Delph reminded us that he was still alive this week when he came on for Manchester City. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see Markovic actually play in the Premier League and see what he can do. Uh, Hull also signed, oh, God, this last name, Omar Elab, Elabdilayu from Olympiacos. He's Norwegian? Okay. If you have to struggle to sign the, to pronounce the last name of a player that Hull signed, the amount of people that care about that signing is probably... Yeah. But I mean, at, at least they're doing something in order to you know, get out of their funk. I mean, that is the only way they can avoid relegation is by signing players. No, that's not true. The they only way that they can avoid they relegation is by winning games. Yeah. Okay, you know what I mean. But in order to start winning games, they need to bolster that squad because it's so poor. So, so poor. Um, what else do we have? Do we have anything else? Uh, we got final thoughts. Okay. Go ahead. Christian Pulisic signed a new contract with Dortmund today. I think he extended his contract by like a year, but it was just enough to shut the Liverpool fans up who, you know, were convinced he was coming to them. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Chelsea is taking up the fight with Manchester United over Victor Lindelof. Nice. Oh, also, Dortmund signed like another 17-year-old today. So, yeah, Alexander uh, Alexander Isaac, Sweden. Some for some reason they decided that they needed to bring their average age of the squad down even more. Yep. Uh, touted to become the next Slatan. So no pressure well, he there. He broke like Slatan's record. No pressure. And that's good. So give him like two years and then he'll be ready to step in and score a bunch of goals and he'll be like 18, 19 ready to replace Aubameyang. Yep. Yeah, he became the most expensive Swedish teenager ever, surpassing the fee that Ajax paid to Malmö for Slatan in 2001. There you go. Hmm. With that, we'll say goodbye. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Paul is Peak with WFAN. And Elliot is Keats was better. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Bye. Yeah.